0: Ladies, gentlemen and others, today we have with us Tanvi Geeta Ravi Shankar. She's a fashion influencer who creates some amazing content in the space of beauty and lifestyle as well and is a huge advocate for ending weight-related stigmas in society. She goes by the chubby twirler on Instagram and is also one Cosmopolitan's Body Love Influencer 2022. Thaddee, thank you so much for being such a shining example of what it means to embrace your body and empower others to do the same. Thank you for making the time for this podcast. Thank you so much, Anam, for having me. You know, I've been following your content for a while. I feel like I discovered you somewhere around the pandemic. Okay. But what made me so happy in recent times was seeing your recreation of Besharam Rang. Thank you. That to me was just, oh my God, she has absolutely Killed it! You even recreated Deepika's like bikini and everything. And did I read correctly in your brood interview? It was your husband that shot the entire video. Yes, yes. It
1: was a very like very random shoot that we did, and I didn't realize that it could garner so much attention.
0: No, but how did tell us a little bit about like how it came about? Because I think that. It did not look like it was random, first of all. It looked like it had been thought out because obviously you had your look in place, you knew all your steps and I could not take my eyes off you with that. Thank you.
1: I never thought that it would blow up like the way it did. I had the bikini and I just had to get the blue sarong. So I was like, we were just sitting, we were chilling in the room and I was like, listen, I really love the song and I think I can do the steps also. So why don't we just go and shoot it tomorrow morning? And that's how it happened. Did you shoot it like close by in Bombay? No, no. In Bombay, yes. In mud. But yeah, so woke up at 3 in the morning, then got ready and left at like 5,
0: 5.30. That's awesome. I have to admit, when you first posted it, I clearly missed it. Algorithm, me, I don't know what it was. But when I saw Brood feature you and I saw your interview there, I was like, oh my God, wait, how did I miss it? So then I went and saw it on your profile. And I was like, dude, like this could not have been recreated in a better way and then what I think was the cherry on the cake was Dipika shared your reel on yeah. her stories a few days ago <laughs> yes.
1: there's a lot of love that it has got but it also has got a lot of hate so which is obvious but it's, it's the basic like the hate I mean there's nothing new It's something that I've been getting since 2016 when I started my blog. So it's the same thing that, oh, this is unhealthy. You're promoting obesity. Whereas it's just someone, a fat girl who's dancing. But still people look beyond that and all they care about is shaming the person. And uh, I think at the end of it, for people, it's just like, we are so it's it's a projection of their insecurities right they're like we are so unhappy with our bodies we are trying so much how can this girl be happy how is she dancing so good so yeah but i focus on the positives and the positives are amazing i mean dipika liked the video dipika reshared the video so what else does a girl need No, that's
0: amazing. And I'm so happy for that recognition coming your way because I felt like it was overdue. I think that your general content also is so fab. I feel like what you do is like just normalize so many different things. I remember seeing this post on your feed when you talked about how plus-size bodies also have specific tips you were giving on how you travel differently or how you keep certain things in mind. But then when people come at you, like you said, that there is that hate in whatever proportion and they try to shame you, what's your like go-to way of managing it? Because I know you're strong today and I'm sure it must have been a journey yeah. to come to where yeah. you are. But somewhere, I mean, is it is it weird to want to fight back with these people?
1: And like if they're saying weird things to you to want to say, hello, you are the weird person, not me. Yeah, I, I, I tend to do that, but only when I'm in a good space. Um, when I'm... You know, say, because obviously there's so much happening in our personal lives also, no? So if that particular day I'm having a bad day, then I never engage with trolls or these comments. Only when I'm in a great space, that's when I give really sassy and sarcastic replies. And I love that. In fact, uh, this one person, he wrote on my video saying that uh, you're one chocolate away from death. And I made a video about it.
0: You want chocolate away from me. Yeah,
1: so I made a video saying that this is my second. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So when I'm in a good mood, this is what I do. But when I'm in a bad mood, I never engage.
0: No, but that's... Listen, first of all, kudos to you for being able to give it back that way. Because I think that if you are not as strong, like just strong-willed and strong-minded, these internet trolls can really take a toll uh, on mental health. But... What was it like at the start? Like, for example, this is where you are now, yeah. right? The reason I'm asking you this and I'm kind of asking you to think back of that yeah. time, which probably wasn't a great time, yes. right? Is because there could be some people who are listening who are there now. Yeah. What does one do in a situation where people are poking and prodding and probably what is a big insecurity? What is something that you're trying to get over and be like, this is who I am?
1: Actually, the thing that has always bothered me, like none of these comments, even when I started out, in fact, they never bothered me in the sense that they they never triggered my insecurity because my body has never been an insecurity. I didn't start my journey to find body positivity. I found body positivity and then I started my blogging journey. I was never insecure. But the thing that always and it it still gets to me is I'm like, how can someone be so unkind? And how do they not know basics of like, like, how does a 17 year old have the guts to come and teach me about health and fitness? You don't know anything. Go do your homework. <laughs> like, you literally don't know anything. So this is what upsets me. And it always used to upset me back then. And they would obviously get personal, talk about my husband, talk about our relationship. And stuff like that. When I started out, obviously, it would really get to me. And I would take like these really long uh, social media breaks after that to, you know, sort of let that die down. Because when it starts, then at least a week, people are trolling all my old videos also. And it is something that I've seen a lot of plus size content creators go through. And anybody who's, see we, uh, apart from being content creators, we are essentially activists also. So anybody who's in that space gets a lot of hate. So I used to just allow it to die down and obviously I would have my support system at home. Even now there are times when, you know, it really gets to me because I'm human, but I'm much better equipped now to handle all of that.
0: Can I just say, first of all, it's beautiful that you said you already had your body positivity and that you've never been insecure of your body because I would assume that the trolls and the people who are coming at you that probably don't even follow your page but come to, you know, drop little nuggets of what they think is wisdom. That in itself is just amazing. That you know you don't give a shit. That's awesome. So more power to you on that. But you said something that has my has caught my attention. They come at your husband. What is like where what where do you go with that?
1: So obviously my husband seems to be much fitter than I am, right? I mean, even for forget trolls, even relatives and friends, they when they see us, they're like, oh Tandi's so lucky she's got Tushar because he's fit. People just see a relationship from that point of view. If a guy is... Dark and the girl is fair they're like Ladka kitna kala hai. or if the girl is darker than the guy so people's view about relationships are that only you know mm. or height difference they talk about that also a girl can't be taller than their than her boyfriend mm. so such things you know they they comment about how probably mm. you know I'm filthy rich that's why he married me and I'm like, okay.
0: Can I give you company on that particular one? Because I get that a lot. And my husband and I are 11 years apart. Yeah. And because we're 11 years apart and I look my age and he looks his age. I got, I still get, you know, a lot of, oh my God, she married him for the money. I was like... Okay, you can make your own little yeah. narratives. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> My husband and I have a running joke going on at home. I was like, the next time, like, for example, the last time I got this comment, I was like, babe, we've been married for six years now. It's high time I see this money that yeah. people are talking about. <laughs> Where's the money? Yeah. <laughs> where, what's going on? Yeah. It's just become a joke yeah. at this point where I'm like, what do we do now? Yeah. Where do we go from here? But I want to go into your creator life a little bit because you said something very interesting and I think that a lot of people don't realize how hard creators work. So I want to quickly circle to you saying you woke up at 3 a.m. for that shoot, right? Yes. Now, I can relate to that because when you want to get that sunrise shot, you don't want the light to be too harsh. Plus, you got to get up in the morning and do makeup and hair um, and then reach the location. Listen, to anybody who is... Not in the influencer world, this can all sound like first world problems, but this is our career and so it is part of our regular life. Tell me a little bit more about that because I feel like it'll be really interesting for people to hear that very erratic, if that's the word to use. Side of our lives where we, if you need to get content, you've got to just go all the, you know, the whole, the whole
1: nine yards to make it happen. I think, I think creators, uh, a this is our business, right? This is, people think, oh, it's as easy as, I mean, even so many brands when they approach us, they're like, oh, it's just one story. Just like, you know, shoot it. It won't take more than 15 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, I will take two hours first to get ready for that 15 minute story. And then I have to script it. And then I will take many, many takes to do that. So it's not a 15-minute thing. So I think um, just like how initially when, uh, you know, movies came about and actors were there. I think even now, people from small towns, they don't really understand what goes into... Being an actor, being a movie star, and I think even with content creation, it's the same thing. We're still very new. It's a very new field, right? People don't understand. People think, oh, it's so easy. Like, I get comments, and I get comments from so many people saying that, you know, even I feel I can also start doing the same thing. Yeah, I say the same thing. I'm like, you must. You absolutely should. What is the stupidest thing a brand
0: has said to you? Like this 15 minute thing is yeah, also yeah, quite stupid. Yeah, it's very stupid. But I'm sure there's th- stuff that's like even more stupid.
1: No, just uh, I think uh, the fact that brands themselves, not all obviously, but so many brands don't understand what goes into, like you want us to uh, script, conceptualize, direct, do product shoots also. Like we're doing, we're making an ad. Edit. Edit. Everything and we are performing also and then marketing that thing, everything we are doing and still, you know, you think that it's so easy and uh, I still remember this one particular brand. They had sent me a wrong product. Okay. And I finished shooting and I left a B. I I left for my trip and I was like, now I'm not in India. I can't reshoot it. And you sent me a wrong product. This product I won't even find in Bali. What do I do? So they, they were like, I was like, you can do one thing if you can just take like a normal video of the product, zoom in, zoom out. That's all you need to do. They couldn't do that. They were like, they sent me some video and it was so bad. I was like, I can't add this in my video. I'm sorry. And that in itself shows that how difficult our job is.
0: And I I, I think that so many people make light of what we do. Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you remember before the pandemic where there were no reels and our content was only pictures? So that time all we like we had to wake up at three in the morning and go and get that sunlight. That's when our day started every day. Like now we can do it whenever we want during the day. But yeah.
0: What do you think of like Reels and the way the, you know, industry has changed post pandemic? Because I feel like A, there's been a lot more. There's been an influx of more creators. Uh, I love that Reels has enabled everyone to be able to edit on the go on your phone without using third party, you know, apps per se. Um, where are you at with this and how do you feel the evolution of the creator industry is basically gone to for us?
1: I think um, it's great because it's a different and a new way of expressing ourselves. But I just feel that obviously over time they need to regularize how you know they monetize it and all of that better. Because the views and the kind of uh, engagement that some videos get, it's crazy. And it's just like, it'll be a video of a girl just flipping her hair in slow-mo and it has like 15 million (laughs) likes and I'm like what is this though and we we put in so much work right for that one video and that will have like just like 3,000 likes or something like that so I just uh, hope it gets regularized but it's a great way of you know just basically expressing yourself and like even for a common man
0: but you feel like, for example, like you said, someone's ki love you know million views, likes. Hai. You feel like there is an audience for everything. Maybe that's why are we over-intellectualizing our own content? Maybe. Because this is something I ask myself very often. I said, yeah. I want every video to have a takeaway. And I want this and I want that. And I know that I, I suffer from over-analyzing yeah, things in yeah. general. So like, are we, are we over-intellectualizing the fact that we want everything to be... Cause in my head, that Zulfei Lahariya reel that you are now describing is what I would call a filler post. Yeah, like I don't know what to post today. I have this picture of mine, this video of yeah. mine, beauty yeah. shot from the yeah. other, other day. Yeah, take a trending audio and dal do. Yeah, but that for me is a fill absolute filler level yes. post where there was no thought, no strategy. I just didn't want the algorithm for hating me for not <laughs> posting something today, so I posted it. Where are you on that? Should we stop? Overthinking our content?
1: I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't think uh, I still have an answer to that. Because uh, I will not lie. Even I have succumbed to that many a times. For the views and the likes. And we all to, have. Yeah. Don't feel guilty. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we should have... Like if you are calling yourself a content creator, you should have a balance of both. Mm-hmm. There are pages where it's just Dulfail Haerate hue. <laughs> videos so but they, they still are getting the numbers so I think But
0: are they getting the brand sponsorship yeah
1: so that's what I'm saying as long as that is regularized yeah and uh, brands know that it's not not just numbers because right now I feel a lot of brands don't know that really yeah I'm not talking about like the cream uh, big brands and all but yes maybe I live in a little optimistic
0: bubble but I like to think that compared to like let's say pre-pandemic brands are realizing where their ROI is truly coming from because see virality started a few years ago in general but in the pandemic it really like there were so many creators that came to the fore because their content went viral. And only very few of them have managed to truly sustain and turn it into a career. I've obviously always respected you as a creator in general, but I think my respect went up for you so much more when you came for one of my events. A couple of months ago, I was hosting an event for a fashion brand here in Bombay. And one of the first things you asked me was, hey, okay, but what size do they sell up to? And I was like, it feels so good because this means you're not just talking about about it for social media and because it sounds cool or because okay, you happen to be plus size, but you are truly passionate that everybody gets the same access as you. And I think for me, my respect went up for you so much that day. I remember introducing you to the founder of the brand and they said that they were going to try to, you know, do what they can. And in my head, even I made a note that the next time I'm hosting an event, I'm going to ask this question first because just because it may not necessarily apply to me doesn't mean it couldn't benefit someone else. So you really like, you know, kind of, shone light on it in a new
1: way to me that day plus yeah. size is basically your it's plus right it's an extension of your straight sizes your straight sizes that have been always available from your XS to your XL. this is straight size anything above this is your plus size so 2xl onwards 2xl onwards and that should go up to a minimum of 7xl and how to many proper... do you do you
0: see in the market today
1: People pass off Excel as plus size and they stop at 2XL. These are brands that promote themselves as plus size brands. They start at an L and they give an XL and a 2XL. They, that, they stop at 2XL. Initially, obviously, I was very like polite and I used to be like, no, you all don't have my size. You all don't carry your si- my size. And then the conversation would end there. Nowadays, I say, I, I I'm like, reach out to me when you're actually inclusive.
0: You mean they will offer you a sample size, but do yeah. not carry the 5X to the store? Yeah.
1: So many brands otherwise have told me that, you know, we'll custom make it for you so that you can do this campaign. So I'm like, but then will my audience have the access to these sizes? They're like, no. Oh my God. Yeah. That is such a load yeah. of bullshit. Yeah. So it's 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 tokenism at its best. Everywhere. Like even if you see our plus size models in India, they're all a size L. You won't find an actual plus-size model in India.
0: Even on the runways, I mean, I feel like there'll be that one, yeah. you know, maybe L, XL. M. I mean, I genuinely, you yeah. can't tell yeah. when you're looking at anyone. Yeah. But there'll be that one plus-size yeah. model, mid-size, Who's plus also size. not
1: plus-size. I mean, now there's a new term, which actually has always been just straight size. Your xs to XL is straight size. But now these sizes, M, L and XL are called mid-sizes. So now suddenly all these previously former plus size models, finally, they're at least calling themselves mid-size. They're not plus size, but there's no plus size representation at all, even though it's been, so the movement actually started in 2016 in India when, uh, you know, Lakme Fashion Week did its first uh, plus size fashion show. That was the first and only last inclusive fashion show where they had taken act. Plus size bodies.
0: But wouldn't you say mid size is a starting of that representation? Okay, maybe like this is a place to start at. No, Would we...
1: actually, because it still doesn't solve the problem. Because mid size has always been available, mid size clothes. Have always been available. Mid-sized bodies have always got representation. Mid-sized bodies don't have the kind of discrimination that plus size bodies have because they those bodies are considered as slightly chubby or just mm-hmm. yeah. So they don't get that much hate, also. So it's so many things, you know. It's not just it's clothes. It's layered. So If you don't talk about or if you don't represent plus size bodies, then you're leaving the entire community because of which the body positive movement started in the first place.
0: True. I feel like it's so interesting to hear it from you because as somebody, so I grew up very skinny, very, very skinny. I used to, I used to weigh 38 kilos for most of my life. And then I think it was about the age of 24, 25 that I started gaining weight and I realized that we have such a sense of our own body where I think I got more conscious of my body once I you know, started gaining weight. Because yeah. in my head, it seemed like, oh, this is a big change from where I was. And I became very conscious. Yeah. And then once you are married and you start gaining weight, the comments about, oh my God, she's pregnant. Yeah. They're right there. And I think I get about... What I'm looking at my team as I ask is two reminders a month about I'm not pregnant and you keep poking it in my face. Um, how do you deal with that? Do you also get the pregnancy bullshit? Yeah, yeah. Your
1: especially because and I've always got it because I'm an like, obviously, if you talk about shapes, body shapes, I'm an apple shape, right? So I carry most of my weight on my tummy. Even at my thinnest, I had a paunch. So I've always that's that's my body shape. So obviously before marriage nobody used to, only friends would you know joke about it. Oh Tanvi you look pregnant. But after marriage even your relatives and all start asking about all of this. Plus I had this really bad car accident so because of which I'm I'm disabled. So I walk a certain way. So now you're walking a certain way and also you're carrying your weight on your stomach. So people, the first thing they assume is she's pregnant. So uh, they asked my mom. My mom actually had given a very good answer once. We had gone for a wedding in Bangalore. And these aunties were like, Tanvi, good news. Ah? Like, Is she going to give us a good news? So my mom was like, yeah, she has lots of good news to give. She won an award this year. Her blog is doing so well. She gets so much love and recognition. So yeah, I don't know I'm going <laughs> to cry. Okay.
0: That's, can I just say that's awesome that your mom said that for you yeah. and it is so ridiculous that I think we as women are subjected to these questions. Yeah. I don't think and uh, I'm usually a little bit conscious of using the word fat but you used it earlier. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because fa- fat has this almost like yes. bad analogy yeah. and I it's in my, my head it's a description. description. Yeah. yeah in my head it's a description. Fat men would not... I mean, forget the pregnancy questions. I don't think they would also get the same kind
1: of pressure to look and feel fit. They don't. But I will say this, that men have a different kind of pressure. They have a pressure to um, do well in their career. That pressure is not there on women. So it's that, you know... Patriarchy has is problematic for all of us. I find it a little bit
0: difficult to sympathize with that if I'm being perfectly <laughs> yeah, yeah, candid know, over here. Because uh while men may feel the patriarchal pressure of running a household and doing well, as as you know, we're called modern women. I'm, you know, using my quotes yeah, for yeah, those yeah. who can't obviously see us right now. Um, because we're called modern women, we're also given the pressure of you take care of the house and when you become mums, you do well and you kill it at the job. And and you be a good daughter friend and have a social I circle. Think, yeah. and so I find it a little bit difficult to sympathize oh, with yeah. the men, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> yeah, yeah. honest.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. The pressure definitely is much more on women. Obviously, on men, it's just the career, right? And taking care of their family financially, we have to do everything we and Like, even when, you know, on Women's Day and Mother's Day, when they talk about women, it's like, my wife can do this and this. I'm like, no, she doesn't need to do all this. Help her. Yeah. (laughs) I loved that load.
0: What was it? Share the load campaign that I think was it Ariel that did it a few years ago, which I thought was fantastic. And I think it did hopefully make a lot of people think. I hope, yeah. But I'm like, you know, women are superwomen because they have to be. They probably don't want to be. Have you considered that for a second yeah. so you know that's 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 a that's probably why i also find it a little bit difficult to sympathize <laughs> with men over there i actually did want to ask you about why you had disabled in your bio um you said something about yeah. walking differently is that something you're comfortable sharing
1: yes yes absolutely so in uh 2014 my husband and i that time we were dating Uh, We had a very bad car accident where the car completely flipped and all. So nothing uh, like outwardly happened to us, but both our spines got affected really badly. My spine's broken. So I have a broken spine and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. And my husband's lost like two discs because of that in his spine. So he's much better than me, but I mean, with age, obviously it will deteriorate and I can't stand for more than like two minutes. That's the maximum I can stand. After that, like I'm in crippling pain.
0: How do you shoot?
1: With- I I I do my I do like one shot and then I have to sit down for five ten minutes. Then again I stretch and all and then again I do another shot.
0: Tanvi, you're a fucking superhero. How are you doing this?
1: The doctor, in fact, told me that so because my spine is broken, where it's broken, my uh, right legs, the main nerve that operates the right leg is partially uh, paralyzed. So the doctor said that you need to, for now, forever, be like completely on bed rest so that it doesn't get worse. It'll lead to like full paralysis if you keep putting pressure on it. But I was obviously like, there's no point in living if I don't get to dance. There's no point. Let's see.
0: I think my respect just went up for you like tenfold. (laughs) First of all, I'm really sorry you went through this because nobody should go through a health issue like that and then a job like ours has so much to do with being on your feet and especially when you're shooting I feel like with beauty content you can still get away with you know sitting Sitting, and filming so much of it but with fashion content and you love to dance like you said I feel like I'm seeing like I'm literally I have reels going through in my head right now from your page and I'm like wait how did you film any of that so is is this something that you talk about on your page? Is this something um, that you've shared?
1: I have. I have. Not very regularly. Not much, as much as my fashion and body positive content. But I do talk about it.
0: So then would it be fair from an inclusivity point to think that you're not just out there taking a stand for inclusivity from the point of view of size. It's also to do with people who are differently abled and you know, you you have so much more to say because you have these lived experiences.
1: I do talk about that also because uh, a lot of uh, times you see that people who are disabled, they uh, don't get that kind of respect that they should. They are considered lesser than in some way, in a very like, I can't even explain it in a very different way. So, yes, I do talk about it, but I don't talk very actively about it because whenever I have, again, I've got those same uh, trolls and hate uh, comments saying that she's disabled because she's fat. No, stop. If she loses weight, she won't be disabled. Yeah, I've got these comments and I get them a lot.
0: I had a very close friend growing up um, who was... I mean, she was on the chubbier side. I don't think she would qualify as plus size with the definition that you told us today. That it's 2XL and up. Not at that time, at least. And I remember her mom would... And again, I'm not blaming her mom or anything because I think that we're all conditioned to think a certain way. Her mom would always tell her, um, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And I remember that when we had just like, I think we were in the 10th standard or something, or was it the 10th or the 11th standards? So I was like 16 years old, maybe. I remember really getting on her case and I never cared before that, but because we had, I think, yeah, we had just started college and I remember really getting on her case to lose weight because I said, your mom's telling you when I'm with your mom. And I remember just, like when every time I think back at it I feel so guilty about it because it must have messed with her head it's just one of those things right when you yeah. look back you're like yeah. she wanted to lose weight I should have just let her lose yeah. the weight when she wanted to but I shouldn't have jumped and it makes every time I'm telling you every time something like this comes up I'm like you know what that is the probably the single regret I have in my life Welcome to my personal favourite segment, Slide Into My DMs. This is where I take a peek into my guests' DMs. And yes, I'll be sharing mine too. In this no Holes barred segment, we nosedive into our guests' inboxes as well as messages from you to us from my Instagram. Buckle up for a potentially scandalous round of messages and some sweet ones too. Let's go! So one of the things we do a lot in the creator space is look at metrics, right? Whether it's ROI to a client, whether it's follower growth, engagement. My God, we're hounded with numbers, aren't we? How do you measure your, like, what is your metric for stating that, okay, I feel like things got better this month or this year? Did Did you get lesser negative comments or lesser trolls in this month how do you measure that okay this month i convinced so many more people that they they need to let go about the idea of being obsessed with their weight whether weight or inches or whatever
1: i think it's through the comments and the dms that i get that's how i measure it um i obviously know the regular ones who've been with me since when i started or since years and they regularly comment but the new ones who join and then they give me this like paragraphs of comments and they tell me how you know my work has impacted them how this particular video made them come out of their shell and you know wear a bikini uh, for the first time on the beach so stuff like this that's how i measure my growth and uh, apart from that obviously i mean the follower count the numbers that really matters for brands. So, yeah.
0: Do you consider yourself a blocker? Are you a, are you a blocker?
1: What's a blocker? I like, don't know you know, what... when
0: you get like negative comments, do you just reply to them and leave it there? Or do you just go like on a No, blocking? no, I restrict.
1: I'm like, you keep commenting now for the rest of your life. You will think that you're commenting and you're leaving all these nasty comments on my videos, but I can't see it. So it's not affecting me. And I'm getting the engagement. I love (laughs) it. I should do this. Now I'm
0: a serial blocker.
1: No, no. So if you block, then the engagement also goes. Let them comment. Sometimes I also pin the negative comments. That also gets me. So it gets more people.
0: I love how you're thinking of engagement while responding (laughs) to these people. See,
1: because... They, they want the attention so some that's the only thing they crave for. They don't care about my health. They don't care about anything. They just want attention. They are seeing a easy target. Okay, a fat guy is trolled. So I'm like, here, take the attention. And then they only like delete the comment because they get so much of hate on that comment.
0: I like this strategy. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use it and I'll credit you. At the chubby twirler right there. Thanks to you. Um, But like at what point in your career, because you've been making content for a few years now. um, At what point did you think, okay, you know what? I've made it. This is me. This is, I found my sweet spot. I've arrived. I think
1: not yet. I've not reached that space yet.
0: Really? Be honest with us.
1: It's just you and me. Nobody's listening. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Honestly, I still feel that... uh, That as I said, the the work that I'm doing, the representation that I need is still not there. Like we don't, as I said, we don't have basics still.
0: What do you think is like, when do you, A, when do you think we'll get there? B, do you think it's going to happen anytime soon in that case?
1: I mean, it it totally depends on brands and media houses, right? I really want, the problem is everybody's just like aping the West and jumping onto the bandwagon. They don't really know anything about the movement. They don't care. But I'm like care because it's a huge community which has money. They will pay you for the clothes. So A, make clothes our sizes and B, have representation no, in like fashion, everywhere else. So that is still not there. So that is why I still feel that there's a lot of work that I'm yet to do. The day I see someone my size or bigger than me on a magazine cover, I'll be like, okay. The job's done.
0: Do you do you know the It's like that beauty equivalent of people saying, "Oh, nobody is buying the darker foundations. Are but hair he'nehi, so kaise Exactly. Uh, do you then also have like problems with Indian designers, sourcing issues, you yeah, know, because yeah. at the end of the day, then they're not yeah. going to keep sample sizes only. Mm.
1: So sample sizes, though, I think they won't even fit a mid sized person. Hmm. So
0: that I
1: won't is... fit into sample sizes, yeah. for yeah. example.
0: Yeah, so I'm that's a, a different... I'm a, I, sh- I shuffle between being a UK size 10 to 12, yeah. sometimes yeah. when I'm
1: bloated 14. Yeah, so you won't get sample sizes too. So that's a different uh, battle altogether. But do you feel like Indian designers are willing to custom
0: make for you when it's, when it's, you know, when you're going to be featuring them and covering them?
1: Yes. Yeah, we're open to that. But I'm saying that that was always available. Indian designers were always there to customize things for our size obviously when we paid them a little more and all of that no I don't mean
0: paid at all I mean for yeah example, even as a
1: content creator yeah yeah
0: like for credits because like for yeah. example today when a magazine goes to a brand and takes things on credits yeah. uh, or when somebody that does fit into sample yeah. sizes takes things on credit basis and returns it which is what we yeah, call that sourcing, is something
1: that I don't have the privilege they still wouldn't no, do it on
0: no, a custom basis no. But, they, you know, just if you're, if you're listening and you're from a brand, I want to tell you that there are people who would like to know what brands are actually making the bigger sizes. So if they did that, it would basically be almost free publicity for them <laughs> to agree to do these. Because yeah. they clearly aren't including the size in the no. campaigns. You yeah. may as well get other content out of it yeah. from different ways. Just at least as a business move, if not... An ethical one. Yeah,
1: I I mean, that's what I said. There's a huge community of people who are willing to pay money. Just cater to them. No. But as I said, like we still don't have the basics. Like today for some shoot, I need a white T-shirt. The brand says you need to be in a white T-shirt, which is so basic. I will step out. I will not find a single store which has a basic white T-shirt. Then What do you do? That's why. So a lot of times people, uh, you know, come at me saying that you are promoting H&M and you are promoting these fast fashion brands. I'm like, first of all, a plus size person, if we see a white t-shirt in H&M, that is the first and last time we are going to get a white t-shirt. So yes, I will hoard. I will have that and I will keep it in my cupboard because tomorrow someday I need a white t-shirt that is the only one I will have. And which is true, like we don't have basics. We don't have lingerie here. I have to get my lingerie shipped from the US. I've actually heard this a lot. We don't have lingerie here.
0: I have a, I have a friend who is large busted and uh, yeah. I remember her telling me that I literally only and only buy my lingerie outside of yeah. India.
1: Which is such a basic, right? But I mean, See,
0: you're someone with privilege who can do that. What exactly. happens to everybody else who doesn't I, have that yeah. privilege?
1: That is why. Then it's, it's a cycle, right? Then they're like, oh, fat people don't dress well. I'm like, because they don't have the access. They don't have the access to these clothes. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. Huh? Is there any moment from
0: your journey as a career as someone who is clearly advocated for body positivity through and through is there any particular moment that stands out to you in the best possible way I mean you could share a worst possible way also but is there something specific that makes you feel okay you know what I'm this is good like like I'm I'm not just on the right track there is actual impact out there that I'm seeing through my content and through my communication
1: I think it's these uh Stories that I get to hear from my uh, audience, what you know about how they've come, uh, got over barriers in their head. Like I always say this, this one story because it touched me so much. This it was this 45 year old lady who on a video of mine said that I'm 45 years old. I have two kids who are, you know, one is graduating now. And till date, whenever we've gone on a picnic or a family outing or with friends, I have never even been near the pool because I'm so conscious. And now this 45-year-old, because of you, is buying her first swimsuit and is going to wear it on her next vacation.
0: Oh my God, that is so nice. Dude, something that basic. Something that yeah. basic that is basic. how deeply rooted we are making someone insecure about when you're like yeah. poking and yeah. prodding. And you are strong. I mean, you're I mean, yeah. like that's established. Yeah. But for somebody out there who may not yeah. be. And oh my God.
1: And it's not just fat people. Like I've seen it with all my thin, straight-sized friends. They are so like it's this thing that you need to look like a model to just wear something as basic as a swimsuit which i always say is the uniform for the pool that's it like how you wear probably a salwar kameez when you're going to a temple this is the uniform for the pool
0: i just think it needs to be taken off social norms where you people need to stop commenting on anybody's yeah. weight yeah stop commenting on weight and body yeah. and we'll all just be happier and more yeah. confident that as will a society take so
1: long you know because I see like so many people around me who who know what body positivity is, they know what I talk about. Still, as soon as they meet each other, the first thing is you've put on weight, you've lost weight. That's the first comment. So I think this comment on people's bodies and the opinions and judgments on people's bodies, that's going to take a while. But I'm here till then to fight.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. Hi guys, it's your girl Anam C and welcome to my podcast, The Real Deal with Anam C. This is the podcast where I sit down with some of the most talented creators and influencers in the industry and ask them to spill their secrets, share hilarious anecdotes and get into the inside scoop of this and so many other industries you'd want to know about. So get your favourite snack, start driving, prep for your cardio time or just stare at a wall as I bring you the real deal on the people who are making the entertainment world what it is today. Drum rolls, please! it's time for our next segment Associate This a fast-paced word association game where my guests get no more than 10 seconds to respond so get ready get set associate listen to end on a fun note after I've cried and we've had some very deep conversations here we do this game I do this game with my guests called word association okay. and um you kind of have to be a little bit fast so think of like think of like rapid fire Karan Johar coffee with Karan but it's a word and you're throwing a word back at me really fast the only thing we're taking this is the kuch kuch hota hai thing what kuch kuch hota hai thing coffee Are with Karan no on, in kuch kuch, the kuch hota Neelam hai show yes. oh my god <laughs> Yeah. a whole new thing I love it yeah okay so we're gonna rebrand this segment as the Neelam show from now <laughs> I'm gonna throw a few words at you and I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind talent okay me stereotypes break them self love
1: everybody should have it
0: social media
1: um, fun
0: facetune
1: also fun but not needed
0: Padukone. Love. Do you love her more now? More than you did before she shared the story? Be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, say yeah. I can see it on your face. Yeah, Just say yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> High waist <laughs> jeans.
1: Amazing.
0: And low waist jeans? Hate.
1: Hate.
0: <laughs> Acceptance.
1: Um, again, everybody should have it. I don't know. And I can't think of anything else with that.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on my pod. You've been an absolutely fantastic guest of The Real Deal with Anamsee.
1: Thank you. And Thank I'm you for so grateful
0: me. for having had this conversation
1: with you. Same here.